0: Welcome to The Logbook. I'm your host, Lucas Weekly. This episode is supported by you, the listeners, through Patreon. Head over to thelogbookpodcast.com for more information. This time we hear a few stories from Stearman restoration projects, and we find out what happened to those planes after they were completed and sold.
1: Graduated from uh, Emory-Riddle in uh, 1969, and uh, I got my ANP and my engineering degree, this, the same graduation, and uh, I started to uh, uh, take flying lessons. And so I was working with Tilford Aviation in Daytona, and we had a flying club at, at Tilford, and I was kind of their guy that kept the airplanes going. So in exchange for that, I got flying time, which worked out perfectly. I finally got my uh, pilot's license.
0: And once he earned his pilot's license, our storyteller eventually went to work for GE. The first steerman
1: that I did was after I went to work at uh, General Electric in uh, Cincinnati. A fellow and I were working like in the same area. I was in in development engineering, and he was... uh, mechanic on the floor we got talking about airplanes of course and uh, he says you know we ought to get together and restore something well what do you think we ought to restore and he kind of had an idea about a waco and i said well that might be a little more of a challenge than i can do so did some little bit of research and i found several uh, stearman sprayers that were for sale and I said, this this might be a doable thing because the airplanes were flying. You know, you always want to get a flying airplane because kind of all the parts are there. So we talked about it and he, he decided to go ahead and purchase it. The uh, owner flew it to Cincinnati and uh, we kind of just taxied it around for a while because neither one of us had ever flown to Stearman. Ended up taking it apart and checking everything out. Ended up that it really didn't need too awfully much work. The the wings were a little bit rough, but the fuselage was okay, other than the fact that we had to replace all the tubes that had been cut out for the sprayer, which involves several up in the front cockpit. There's like three tubes up there that they just cut out for the hopper. Anyway, we repaired the fuselage, repaired the wings, uh, we had gotten an engine with the project, which was a, a 220 Continental, which was all in pieces, and so I put it back together, you know, mounted it on the airplane. We finished it in uh, the Army colors, which you could see from my little wall there that's the blue and yellow uh, scheme, and we had a fellow at the airport where we based it was a uh, hotshot pilot and, uh, I asked him, you know, can you check this thing out for us? So he did. And he said, that's there, it's fine. You don't have to do much to it, do some rigging checks and so on. And he took us up, obviously, it being a two place, one at a time, and came back down. And I was smitten, as I guess is the right word. uh, Stearman became my go to airplane, if that's the right word. But anyway. And somehow we got into a riff and he decided that if we were going to give rides in this airplane, that he didn't want any part of it. So he ended up selling it since he, you know, he had full ownership of it and I just did the work and he did some of the work. So anyway, he sold it and it was kind of interesting because back then it was, this was nineteen. Seventy three, seventy four, 74, somewhere right, on, right around in that time period. Uh, he paid $5,000 for the project and ended up selling it for 10000 And, you know, that was unheard of in those days. What he did was uh, he gave me half of the money for doing the work on it, and he kept half of it. So the garage that I built it in was in a subdivision uh, in... <clears throat> The north side of uh, Cincinnati. So I just took that money and built a two car large garage. So I said, okay, this is going to be my workshop. So another friend of mine at GE decided that he wanted to do a steerman as well. So he was a World War II B 29 pilot and uh, he was just eaten up with steermans as well. So we found this project. uh, I can't remember where it was, but We brought it home and uh, tore it down. It was the the 450 horsepower, the red and white one that's on my wall there. We did that airplane in nine months from when it flew in till it flew back out again. That was almost unheard of because I just went nuts (laughs) building this airplane. Uh, You know, I never saw my family and, you know, it just was kind of crazy.
0: And our storyteller rebuilt this plane so quickly in the hopes that he could flip it just like the first steerman that he worked on.
1: So we had it on the market for like 30000 I think we paid, or he paid, like 12000 for it, which was, you know, again in today's market seems really low, but back then it was pretty high dollar. We took it to Galesburg, which is the national Steerman fly-in out in Galesburg, Illinois with a for sale sign on it. So I said, okay, we're going to make out just like a bandit. Nobody even looked at it. So I said, oh, man. We kept, ended up keeping that airplane for three or four years. And finally, there's a doctor down in Louisville that ended up buying it. And like the next week, he put it on its back, you know, just tore it all to pieces. Since, well, since we had sold it, obviously we got some money out of it. And we decided to, or he decided to invest in another one. And uh, this one, it made completely stock. I'm pretty sure it was the uh, the Navy airplane that's on the wall in there, which is the all yellow. with uh, This one had a uh, 225 Lycoming, which is a nine-cylinder engine, whereas the W670 Continental is a seven-cylinder, so the nine-cylinder engine runs really smooth, and it's really a nice engine. So anyway, put it all back together and flew it for like 10 years. We had a, a fly-in, an antique fly-in over at Shelbyville, Indiana, and uh, my one of my partners was giving a ride in it, and somehow he got disoriented and got too low on approach and ended up hitting a uh, phone pole well obviously you can imagine what happened after that it just spun around like a top on this phone pole came crashing to the ground and all of the wires that were on this phone pole came with him and they sprung back and ended up cutting two airplanes completely in half but nobody was hurt just unbelievable so that that airplane was then totaled, and the insurance company paid off. However, we had underinsured it because we had kept it so long; we never kept up with the insurance. So we had it insured for like thirty thousand. It was an eighty to ninety thousand dollar airplane, and yeah, you know, here we got this thirty thousand from the insurance company. It was really disheartening to us both. So anyway, that, that airplane was totaled, and I went on to build several other airplanes after that. And I've seen, you know, I've like I said, I've done 15 steermans over the years, and uh, I would say half of them have been wrecked and disappeared. You know, they just either went into parts or for whatever reason. The identity of the airplanes is has just been lost somehow or another. So the first one, which was the f- the first airplane that I did, that you know, he talked about that guy uh, at GE. The owner flew it up a blind canyon and just ran out of altitude. And just, Prowth. I don't know how he survived, but he did. But the airplane, I think it's probably still sitting there. You know, just crunched it up at the end of this canyon the first one that I did that we did in ninety days, uh, an air, air show guy bought it, ended up doing aerobatics too close to the ground okay. and it unfortunately killed him. Okay, yeah, they're they've been wrecked, but what really happened? And in most kids situations it's a landing accident because a steerman is a real squirrely on landing. It it just wants to ground loop really easy if you aren't careful so most of the accidents are are as a result of that there are exceptions of course like the fellow doing aerobatics but I can't think of anything other than those that I can relate to oh another one that I restored we had a a Piper J5 it's like a PA-12 except it's got the smaller engine and no cowling and that was an award winner Sad story on that one. We were going to West Palm Beach from, from here, and we got about 20 miles out, and the engine quit just like that. There wasn't any sputtering, no, nothing. And uh, we were over a fairly large field, so I said, well, I said, we might as well put it in that field. I don't know if, what our thinking was, but anyway, we ended up landing downwind and i mean we were just screaming by the time we got near the ground and we were running out of land so we got got to the end of the land and we were about ready to run into some trees ended up intentionally ground looping it which basically put us on on our back and it it totaled that airplane too so our neighbor over here neighbor over there and I've, i've got a box trailer and that i used and our neighbors got a box trailer. So we went down and took it apart, loaded it in that. Again, it was totaled. Fortunately, we had an adequate amount of insurance. So we got reimbursed very nicely on that one. And the, the one that we wrecked here, we had an adequate amount of insurance on. So what we ended up doing on those two airplanes is buying them back from the insurance company and then selling them. I, was, I had had it <laughs> with... <laughs> restoring airplanes at that time. So, so we made out very well on those two airplanes. Never had an engine quit. That's why it was so surprising to me when uh, the J-5 engine decided to stop. Never did find out why. The only thing I think of, you know, thinking back, it could have been the vent that connects the two tanks together. It could have been like a mud dauber or something that got into that vent. Because if it can't get air, it's just going to have you know back suction on it and no, no fuel feed. That's the only thing I can think of that happened.
0: I wasn't able to,
1: you know, prove that at all at the time.
0: Now, on a much lighter note, many of the planes our storyteller restored are still flying today.
1: I haven't researched it enough to to know exactly. You know, if you go on the FAA website, it tells you if it's still registered, but it doesn't necessarily tell you if it's still flying.
0: <laughs> so, And the planes that were totaled were used as part planes for other restorations, or they were completely restored again, like the one that hit the phone pole earlier in the episode.
1: We just came back from a trip to Norway about about a month ago, And just before I left on that trip, I got an an email from a fellow in England saying, I've got this Navy airplane that you restored, and I'd like to come by sometime this summer to the States and talk to you about it. That was the first I'd ever heard of this airplane since it was wrecked. So I immediately contacted him and I said, oh, by the way, we're going to be in England Next Friday, and we're going to go to Duxford, the uh, Imperial War Museum, the south end of Duxford or south end of England. And uh, he says, "Well, that's too much of a coincidence. We're going to have to meet in Duxford." So he says, "I'll be there about eleven thirty, underneath the control tower. I'll meet you there." So <laughs> I said, "Well, all right." So. Uh, A neighbor of ours that we were traveling with went over to Duxford and uh, we were just, you know, we went through the museum and just kind of hanging around and I didn't really expect it, but I could hear a radial engine, but I couldn't tell where it was coming from. Well, here he comes, lands at this uh, Imperial War Museum strip, and here's my yellow airplane. I about croaked. Nicest guy he'd ever want to meet. So we had a very nice reunion with the airplane, and it was fun to talk to him. He really enjoys the airplane. and It looked basically just like it did back when I did it. But obviously it had been repaired. Uh, I've corresponded with this fellow since, sent sent pictures back and forth, and what we're gonna do is uh, write an article for Flying Wire Magazine, which is the one that the Steering Restorers Association publishes, and they, you know, they publish different articles and so on, and so forth. So anyway, we we both want to contribute to a, an article, and then you know, get together and you know, send it into the magazine to show the before and the after, and then and what's happened to it since and that kind of thing. The saga continues, I mean, he just enjoys the heck out of the airplane. Flying a a biplane in England is just, I don't know how he does it, but I mean, it's just super expensive. So that was kind of a happy ending to a, a story that I didn't know what the ending was gonna be.
0: Pete Reed restored 15 Stearmans along with several other covered fabric airplanes, many of which are featured in framed photos on a wall in his house. Today, Pete and his wife are retired and live at Love's Landing. Pete doesn't restore airplanes anymore, but he does have a Carmen Ghia convertible that he tinkers around with every once in a while. You can check out pictures of Pete's Stearman restoration wall and pictures from his other builds, as well as more information about these stories by going to the article at the thelogbookpodcast.com. This episode was supported directly by your donations. If you enjoy the show, you can support its production by becoming a patron. Through Patreon, you set a donation level that is given every time a new episode is released, and you can always set a monthly limit so you don't go over your budget. Depending on the amount donated, you are granted access to different rewards that are as simple as hearing a sneak preview to the next episode, all the way up to exclusive content that didn't make it into the show. Any amount is helpful, and the more that it's donated, the more the show can improve. Head over to our website, thelogbookpodcast.com and click on the Patreon banner at the side of the page to start supporting. Also, don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps bring awareness to the logbook. If you have a story about anything in aviation, we would love to hear it, and it may even become an episode of the logbook. You can send us an email by using the contact page on our website. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you come back for the next entry in the logbook.